Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians chapter number two. I'm sorry, chapter two. It says chapter four on the screen. Forgive me. But it's chapter two and verse number four. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, hallelujah, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk to you from the start today, God's project. God's project. Um, we're focusing on the theme of where do I fit? Where do I fit? Where in life do I belong? Where in life do I have purpose? What is the meaning of my life? Why did God spare me to be 20, to be 30, to be 60? Why did God allow me to go? I could have died, and there were things that could have easily taken my life, but yet I'm here. And now that I'm here, where do I fit? And I came to tell everybody in the house, you are God's project. Would you just lay your hand on yourself and say, I'm God's project? Hallelujah. And knowing that is, is, is going to be critical, and I'm going to try to make this plain to you, because everybody here has hobbies passions, tastes. Some of us are readers. I'm a reader. I love to read books. I love to read magazines. I love to read the news. I'm a reader. I just love to read. And I love to read a variety of literature. Um, have a passion for science fiction, but I read other things. And I'm a reader. Then there are some of us that are observers. We like to watch things. Some of us don't do sports, but we like to watch sports. 
And it doesn't matter what the sport is. Maybe in our younger days we were active participants, but in this season of life we are um, observers. We like to watch people. Some of us are active. You know, Brother Matt um, kayaks, and, and, and he's not 15 anymore, but I, I've seen pictures of him whitewater rafting, and I'm just looking at him. I'm like, Lord, I can't even swim, and this man is going down the rapids, but that's what he likes to do. That's, that's, that's his, one of his passions. Um, my wife is a very hands-on person, and she's the, the more active of the two of us, especially with, when it comes to outdoor stuff. I'm, I'm going to be honest. My favorite ground cover is concrete. Come on, somebody. You know, you ain't got to cut it. You ain't got to trim it. You just got to rinse it off with a hose and keep on going. And, and if I had my way, all around our house would be nothing but concrete. But we've got grass, and when Reggie lived at home, that was his job, was to see that the grass was cut, and he cut it for a while, and then he, he was working, and so he decided to hire somebody and to cut the grass. And so he, we had somebody come and cut the grass, and when he moved out, my wife and I talked and said, well, who's going to cut the grass now? And um, she said, I'm going to cut the grass. I said, you are? Yeah, she said, I'm going to cut the grass. And, and so she asked for a Mother's Day gift of a riding lawnmower with a cup holder. Come on, somebody. And so because I'm a good husband and I want to stay married another 30 years, I bought the riding mower so she could ride around and cut the grass. And she loves it. She gets out there and starts chopping up the weeds and weed eats. And I, I get to blow it. That's, that's my job. I get to blow and I blow the dead grass off the sidewalk. But that, that's her thing. And, and she likes putting stuff together. She likes constructing stuff. And one of her favorite channels is the DIY channel. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. That do-it-yourself channel that shows you how to do all this stuff. And so she gets all these project ideas from watching that because that's what she does. That's, she likes projects, all right? I like to pay somebody to do the projects, but she likes projects. And she likes putting stuff together and constructing stuff and making stuff happen. And there are some benefits. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. There are some benefits to doing it yourself. Sometimes it's less expensive, especially if you get it done right the first time. Now, if you've got to keep redoing it, then you better hire somebody. But if you know what you're doing, it, it can be less expensive. The buy the materials, put the stuff together, and do it. It, it. Oftentimes, it is a sense of satisfaction that you can point at things in your house and it's not praise our God, what you bought, but what you did. And there is a level of satisfaction that comes from doing things with your hands. Most of all, when you do it yourself, you know the quality of the work because you did it. When you buy it, you don't know who did it. You don't know how it got done. You don't know if a machine did it. You don't know if it was, if it was hand done. But if you do it yourself, you know the quality, the time, the effort that you put into whatever it is that you did. And, 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 and there are some things that God, I use this example because there are some things that God has trusted people to handle or to do. He has trusted us to worship. And he said, go into my house and worship. Worship in your house. Worship in your daily life. He has trusted us to worship him. And some of us are good at worship. Some of us are shaky at worship. But God has trusted us to worship. He will allow us to even minister. I feel honored. I mean this sincerely. I feel honored that God has trusted me with his word to preach his word. Because there are some folk that are out there preaching that God did not send. 
You know what the Bible says? I have not called these prophets, but let, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, but yet they prophesied. And so anytime you have been entrusted to teach, to preach, to evangelize, to carry the word of God, you ought to be honored because everybody's not trusted to do that. He will allow us to represent him. He'll allow us to speak on his behalf. He'll allow us to do certain things. But when it comes to your salvation, that is something the Lord does not entrust to anybody but himself. He'll let me preach, but he won't let me save anybody. Okay, that went over somebody's head. He'll let me lay hands, but he's the Savior. Hallelujah. He'll let me witness. He'll let me carry the word, but he does not entrust your salvation to anybody other than himself. And that's why if you walk out of church saying a man saved you, you didn't get saved. Because if you got saved, the first thing you know is that a man didn't do it. Jesus Christ saved you. Anybody saved today? Come on, shout hallelujah. Isaiah put it like this in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. In other words, God looked through the totality of humanity, looked at every creature, every man that had been made, to see if there was one worthy that could bear the sins of humanity. And even the patriarchs, as great as they were, were all flawed individuals. And that's why you can't trust a man to save you. Because that man has his own flaws that he's trying to deal with. Abraham, the father of the faithful. Come on, somebody. But yet when Abraham was stressed and when he thought the Pharaoh of Egypt wanted Sarah, he lied and said, Sarah is not my wife. She's my sister. Noah preached for 120 years. Save humanity and the world in the ark. Came out of the ark, built a vineyard, harvested the grapes, got happy and got drunk. Noah. And I can go through Moses killed a man. David was a philanderer. There, 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 are, there are all flawed people. And even the person that's preaching to you this morning is a flawed person. But I came to tell you there is somebody that is worthy to carry your sins. And his name is Jesus. And, and what makes him worthy to carry your sins is that he is flawless. In, 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 the, in, in the Mosaic law, you could, when you chose a lamb, the lamb had to be without blemish, had to be without spot, could not have any imperfections on his person just to be sacrificed to cover sin and to be sacrificed to take away sin. It had to be somebody that was perfect, had to be somebody that was completely flawless. And that's why God would not involve a man in the birth of Jesus Christ. He, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and conceived the child in her. And that child that was born was born flawless. So when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't have to go to the cross for his own sins. He went to the cross for mine. Anybody glad he went to the cross? Anybody glad he died? That sinless sacrifice died on our behalf. 
And, and that's important because it fits what I'm going with this message. Where do I fit? Because a lot of people struggle with understanding their true significance. And probably because we face works that rob each of us of our sense of purpose, of our sense of specialness, of our sense of significance. We live in a world where people promote themselves by stepping on your neck. And people don't feel important unless they're putting you down. And depending on your family or your education or your schooling or your finance, you can find yourself literally feeling that you don't matter to anybody. But if nobody has told you lately, I came to tell you, you matter to God. Oh, hallelujah. Look at somebody telling me, you matter to God. Oh, God, how do I know that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when people wouldn't give you a dollar, Jesus gave himself so that you could be saved. That's why somebody that's saved ought to be the most excited person in the world because you know without a shadow of a doubt there is somebody in the universe that loves me. When I wasn't fit to be saved, he loved me anyhow. His love gives me value. His love gives me significance. His love gives me worth. You can sit and look and people sometimes, let me just tell you, sometimes the reason why people put you down is because they don't feel good about themselves. Because when you struggle with your own worth, you sometimes only gather your worth by denigrating other people. See, when I love me, I can love you. But if I hate me, I'm going to hate you just on general principle because I don't love you. It's called transference. And that's why you can't get angry sometimes with how people treat you because sometimes they treat you the way they treat you because they think so little of themselves. See, I know I'm special. So you can be special too. Come on, somebody. I know I matter. So you can matter too. I know my life has significance and it's not because of my success or my accolades or the things I've done. I have significance because the God of the universe considered me. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou dost visit him? You're special to God, my brother, my sister, you matter. And that's what Paul was trying to convey in this text in Ephesians. He says, you have he quickened who were dead, dead in trespasses and in sin. And before you know Jesus, you're dead. Services like this where people are clapping and singing and rejoicing, you sitting there wondering, why are they doing all of that? What, 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 what makes them do that? And, and, and we thank God we've got a good band and we've got good singers and, and I love them, but that's not the reason why I clap my hands. Come on, somebody. That's not the reason why I raise my hands. I know what the Lord has done in my life. And if you know what the Lord has done in your life, if nobody sang a note, your hand would still go up. Oh, God, if nobody played an instrument, you would still find yourself giving God the glory. Why? Because when I think of the goodness 
Ooh, God, somebody just sit for a minute, and I need you to think about something the Lord has done for you. I need you to think about something. Just think about one thing. Think about something that still resonates in your heart. And I guarantee before I finish the next few moments, you're going to end up saying, thank you, Jesus. When I think about how I almost lost everything, but the Lord preserved me. When I think about I was wallowing in sin and the Lord delivered me. When I think about how far I drifted, but God brought me back, something on the inside starts to resonate in my spirit. Oh, Kataye, you have he quickened. You have he quickened. You have he quickened who were dead, trespasses, and sins. Dead in your sin, but the Lord quickened you. And with great love, wherewith he loved us. Do you ever sit and think about the love of Jesus Christ. What makes that love so profound is that I didn't do anything. And when I was going in the complete opposite direction, he kept loving me. You know, the Bible says, with loving kindness have I drawn I know we preach a lot about hellfire and brimstone, and that's real, and that's coming for those that will not repent. But what drew me to him was his love. Oh, God, when you know you're messed up, but the Lord still loves you, doesn't that do something to you? Now, this, this, this may only apply to those of us who've been saved, and if you've been saved and you messed up since you got saved, you understood, oh, God, he still loved me. Failed him, but he loved me. Came short, but he loved me. Didn't trust him, but he loved me. Got angry with him because of things I was going through, but he still loved me. Got mad because my life didn't fit what I wanted it to fit in, but yet he still loved me. Great love. Not minimalistic love. There are some people in your life that love you just because they have to. They even tell you, I love you because we family. And if we weren't family, I'd feel some other kind of way. But you know what? True love is a choice. I'm going to let that sink for a moment. True love is a choice. And God had the decision to love you or not love you. In fact, he had a justification to reject you, but yet he still loved you. Oh, I, I, okay, this must be for a different church. I thought I was of honest people. Come on, somebody. Lied, but he still loved me. Did some things I'm embarrassed to talk about now, but he still loved me. Behaved in ways that were unseemly, but yet he still loved me. Oh, God. See, I don't get excited. Oh, God, it's not the stuff, and I thank God for every material blessing that I have, but the thing that excites me the most is that God has continued to love me. Oh, God. Shatanamosa. Oh, God. God has continued to favor my life despite my errors, despite my mistakes. God has continued to love me. Paul says he loved us. 
And he raised us up to sit in heavenly places. Now, by virtue of my behavior, I should be on the back row in the don't talk to him section. Come on, somebody. And if we would be honest, there's not enough room on the back row because I wouldn't be by myself. But when the Lord saved me, he didn't say, sit in the gutter. Y'all ain't hearing me. He didn't say, sit on the sideline. He raised us up to sit in a heavenly place. Oh, God, where you're sitting. And you say, Bishop, I'm sitting on Main Street. But Main Street is a heavenly place because the glory of God is sitting right with you on Main Street. And, and, and here's the point. What makes it so significant is because I'm sitting in heavenly places, I have access to everything that God wants for me. There's a blessing sitting beside you right now on that road. And you can sit right there and before the altar call, you can claim healing, you can claim deliverance, you can claim power, you can claim a breakthrough because you're sitting in a heavenly place. Love this. this. This thing jumped out at me. Look, look, look with me in Ephesians. That in the ages to come, verse 7, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Oh, God, look at somebody beside you. Say, God's going to bless you for the rest of your life. Oh, oh, God, God's going to bless you. See, y'all didn't catch that. Y'all didn't catch that. Because when he gives us the exceeding riches of his grace, that means that I told you this morning, God said unexpected favor. That means there's some things coming into my life that I didn't earn, I didn't merit, I didn't deserve. But because of where I'm sitting in Christ Jesus, what I shouldn't have is coming into my life. Oh, God, he shut up. Oh God, I'm not just going to celebrate when I get to glory. He's going to bless me right here in my coming in, in my going out. He's going to bless my family. He's going to bless my children. He's going to favor my life. But here's the most important piece of this. He saved me. Anybody saved in here? Tell a neighbor, I'm saved. Woo, God. Oh, Shatanama. Come on, look at him again. Tell him, I'm saved. Oh, God. Didn't deserve it, but I'm saved. Didn't earn it, but I'm saved. Didn't merit it, but I'm saved. Oh, God, I still get excited. I got saved 45 years ago, and it still excites me that I. washed. I'm still excited that I'm delivered. No, somebody snapped it off. We good. We good. I'm saved. But then look at, and this is where I got to go. I got to close. But look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Oh, God. Tell somebody, I'm God's project. Ooh, I'm God's project. Now, 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 when you understand this, you stop picking at folk for what you think they are not. Mm. Mm. And you stop judging yourself 
for not being what you think you're supposed to be. Because you're God's workmanship. Oh God, there are too many folk trying to make other folk in the church. Trying to make them this and make them that. And that's not your job. You know what your job is? Save yourself. Oh God, it's not your job to judge the preacher or the singer or the deacon or the neighbor sitting beside you because everybody in here is a work in progress. You know where the finished works are? In the cemetery. You know where the finished works are? In the cemetery. Waiting on the rapture. They're the folks that said, I finished my course. I kept the faith. And if that ain't your testimony, you better be quiet and sit right where you're sitting. And let God keep working on you. Because he says, we are his workmanship. We are the products, and I, ooh, this thing hit me so deep this week. He said, we are part of the creative work of God. And you know, God is a creator. And what makes God so great in his creative ability is that he makes stuff out of nothing. He makes stuff out of product that other people think are worthless. Nobody but God would step out in a universe that was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Bible says, God said, let there be light. There wasn't there, but God spoke it into being. Now, why is that significant, Bishop? Because God looked at your life that was a mess. Somebody help me preach this. God looked at your life that was full of insecurities. God looked at your life that was full of failures and said, I'm going to make something out of what other people said was nothing. They know your past. They know your mistakes. They know your addictions. They know your hangups. But God said, bring them over here and let me put them on my wheel and show you what I can do with what other people threw away. Oh, God, somebody knows what I'm talking about. You had people in your life that called you worthless. You had people in your life that said you would never amount to anything. And God said, come over here and let me create something out of this life that you think is worthless. I'll show you my power. Oh, God. So I came to tell somebody, my time is gone, that God is making something out of my life. Come on, look at a neighbor and say, God is making something out of my life. Oh, God, but like everything, a true artist doesn't reveal his masterpiece in the creation. In fact, when he's not working on it, he keeps it behind the curtain. And that's why some of us feel like we don't get the recognition or the notoriety that we feel like we deserve. And let me tell you why, because you're still behind the curtain and God is still working on you behind that curtain but I came to encourage somebody that God is molding and shaping and constructing our lives and our destiny oh hallelujah so what do I do Bishop with what you just told me recognize that you are a work in progress come on tell a friend on your row I'm a work in progress
I still make mistakes, but I'm a work in progress. I still have some shortcomings, and I still have some failings, and I still have some spots and wrinkles. Oh, God, but I'm God is working on my life. I came to tell everybody that we are still on the wheel. He told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house and look at what the potter does on the wheel. And the Bible says that the vessel was marred in the hand of the potter, but he kept on molding and he kept on working on him. And I'm so glad I'm on the potter's wheel. And every time I take a turn, God does something in my life. Every time I take a turn, I see a new glory and a new blessing. Every time I take a turn, I see him lifting me just a little bit higher. Every time I take a turn, I see my joy become a little bit deeper. Every Every time I take a turn, I see new mercies come up in my life. Come on, put your hands together. Shout hallelujah. The Lord told me to tell somebody, stop being discouraged by your present condition. No, you're not everything you're supposed to be. But God is working on you. Yes, we can sit here all day and pick at each other and say you're not this and you're not that. But I came to tell the devil, God's still working on me. You can punch holes at me, but God's still working on me. You can talk about what I haven't done and what I ought to be doing, but God is working on me. And I came to give you one verse and then I'm done. Behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved now, somebody shout now. Now are we the sons of God. I'm not perfect, but I'm a son. I got faults, but I'm a son. I got failings, but I'm a son. I got some struggles, but I'm a son. Now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. God's not done. Don't write yourself off. God's not finished. Don't give up on your life. God's not finished. Don't throw in the towel. God's not finished. Don't lay down and die. God's not finished. He's working. He's working. I said he's working on your heart. Working on your mind. Working on your spirit. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. We shall be. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, 
please write to us at P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. Or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.